As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys. Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> What's up, guys? Well, obviously, this uh, this opener did not go our way, but it's not exactly like uh, under Matt Nagy, the Bears specialize in victories uh, in week one. We tend to pile them on afterwards. So if the pattern holds... We've started all three seasons under Matt Nagy, three and one. That means we're about to rattle off three straight uh, victories before we head into uh, October. So chin up, Bear fans. It's uh, it's a long season. We got an extra game uh, this year, uh, and we got a tough schedule uh, ahead. So uh, it might get uh, it might get testy uh, after a while. But uh, we got the Bengals this week. But before we do that, we got to recap this one. It's getting uh, time to get into the deep dive, and uh, we got our knee-jerk reactions, and, uh, and uh, you know, I've had some time to formulate some thoughts uh, about the game, so let's go ahead and, and, and dive right in. It is the week one review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. I think I've made it pretty clear all summer long that I felt like a, an outcome like Sundays was possible that the the Rams would come out and, and I I believe the Rams to be the class of the NFC uh, right now like adding Matt Stafford to what they had last season I thought was going to be a recipe for uh, success for the boys out there on the coast but uh, you know it, even though I, I I thought a game like or a score I should say of the final score that we had 34 to 14 was possible. I didn't think it would be possible the way that we got it. You know, it was, 
we were basically what three hand, three plays, three big mistakes away from this being a completely different football game, or at the very least, in my opinion, uh, you know the the Bears having the ball towards the end of the game, uh, trying to go and win it, uh, kind of thing. If we remove those two huge defensive blunders, we're looking at a six point game instead of a twenty point game. It, it's it's amazing. How, how different, you know, or how much of an impact plays like that can have on a football game. You know, it, it's, it's one thing if it was like uh, Montgomery's run uh, to start off the football game. His first carry of the 2021 season was a 41-yard run. It was an impact play. It changed the field, but in the end, because of Andy Dalton's interception, at the end of that drive, it was a play that ended up having no real impact on the game. Instead, with the Rams, both of their big impact plays were touchdowns and had a huge, huge impact uh, on the final score. So if uh, if we if we can find a way to eliminate those gigantic brain farts in our secondary and 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 hopefully that's just something that we can correct watching film. Uh, on, you know, over the, the, you know, yesterday and today, I guess, you know, um, to to correct that, to find out who it was exactly that blew the assignments. Was it to Sean Gibson? Was it Marquis Christian, our, our, our nickelback? Or, or uh, you know, was it Eddie Jackson, the, you know, who's supposed to be uh, back in a Fangio-like system that made him an all-pro player uh, a, a few years uh, ago, you know, isn't he supposed to be playing, you know, the deep center like he did under under Fangio or is he or do they still have him split in the field with Gibson uh, and everything like that? But who made the mistake? All I know is that both of those plays, uh, you know, never mind the Van Jefferson gaffe as far as like not touching him when he was down. He was wide open and made an uncontested catch. That was the main problem there. You know, obviously it was exacerbated by the fact that nobody touched him and he got up and just walked into the end zone for a touchdown. But the real problem was he was wide open. It was the Cooper Cup play, uh, you know, all over again. Only this time he got behind everybody uh, in the in the third quarter for Cooper Cup. Both of those were momentum plays. Both of those killed the Bears. And it turned out to be the real difference uh, in the game. You know, obviously Dalton throwing an interception on the opening uh, drive and, and you know, it, it, but that was like the real difference maker in that. I mean, it, it's it's 14 points for, an a, a, you know, against an offense that's not exactly known for lighting up the scoreboard against good defenses because we did it four weeks in a row against the Lions, the Jaguars, the, the Vikings, you know, and the Texans. It's like those were not... Those were bottom five defenses that we did that to last year, not top five uh, defenses too. So, uh, you know, we've uh, we've got to find somewhere. We've got to find a middle ground uh, on offense because we're it's it's feast or famine uh, with the offense, or at least it was last year, and it's proven to look that way this year. Uh, and and uh, the the problem is with the uh, the, uh, the the main uh, catalyst for. Uh, success and uh, variety and everything is is on the bench and, and played five snaps on Sunday night. So, 
yeah, I just, I, I didn't want him out there. I, I tell you, because it's just, it's going to tease things. It's just going to make things worse. And that's all I've been seeing today is people upset that uh, Fields didn't play more. It's like, he shouldn't have played at all, man. It's like, honestly, I didn't want him out there at all. I only want him out there if he is our starting quarterback. I didn't want this teasing nonsense where he comes in for a play here, a play there, uh, or anything like that. So, I mean, because he's even doing it wrong. He's he's sending him out there for one play and then calling him back to the bench. It's not like, okay, you got this series or this package. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Of plays is yours. The red zone is yours. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, no, we're just going to bring him in for a random second and eight and and run a reverse that, uh, that uh, you know, Andy Dalton is completely capable of. Uh, of handing off a reverse or or anything like that. So anyway, we got knee-jerk reactions. Let's go ahead and get started. Uh, it wasn't pretty after the first quarter because we're coming off the heels of Andy Dalton throwing the interception uh, in, on the opening drive after an amazing run from, uh, from David Montgomery, basically picking up right where he left off uh, in 2020. You have the Van Jefferson uh, touchdown where Eddie Jackson and Deshaun Gibson forgot they weren't in high school or college again. And it just wasn't looking pretty uh, after the first quarter. Not exactly the greatest outlook for things when uh, it was all going down the way that it was. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, Bears, Rams after the first quarter. And uh, <laughs> after a day that was filled with, uh, with some good football and some upsets uh, today, you kind of kind of felt like, you know, maybe we do have a shot at this thing. Uh, We started with the football uh, and 41 yards of rushing, you know, from Montgomery on his first carry gets us deep into uh, Rams territory. Uh, Matt Nagy took all of three plays to get Justin Fields in the game to throw an eight-yard pass to Marquise Goodwin. And then (laughs) Dalton comes right back in. we have like a uh, a false start. Then we have to call a timeout because we're can't work miscommunication. Don't know what to do. And then on the ensuing play, Dalton throws a pass into the end zone to no one in particular, and it is picked off by the Rams. So what looked like a promising drive that started with an outstanding return from Khalil Herbert ends in the end zone with an interception. Uh, the Rams come right back. Three plays, 80 yards. Matt Stafford, a bomb to, uh, I believe, is Jeff Jefferson, the receiver. 
on which uh, Eddie Jackson, who is wearing his old college number again, uh, I guess thought he was in college again because Jefferson makes the catch, falls to the ground, and both Deshaun Gibson and Eddie Jackson don't touch him, and he gets up and proceeds to run in the last 12 to 15 yards uh, to complete the 75-yard touchdown uh, from Stafford. So right off the bat, it went from us threatening to score uh, and take a 7-0 lead to us being down 7-0 uh, in a matter of moments. And it hasn't gotten any better since then. Uh, it, it's just uh, we, we tried to go for it uh, on 4th and 4, uh, but instead of throwing it to a wide-open Cole Komet, um, we, threw, we tried to go to the slant route uh, to Allen Robinson. And just like Mitch Trubisky used to do, he throws it behind Robinson, who's streaking across the field. Robinson doesn't make the catch. Turnover on downs uh, to the Rams. They turn that into a field goal. So they're up 10-0. Our last drive ended with a strip sack of Andy Dalton. The Rams have the football. It's 10-0. They're in Bears territory. It's not going well. Let's see how it goes from here. Okay couple of things uh, with the analysis here. Number one, that throw to Allen Robinson. And I know it was probably behind him on purpose because, uh, you know, the defenders are going to swipe away in front of the receiver. So maybe put it a little bit behind him so he he's the one that reaches back for it and, and all that kind of stuff. He just threw it in a way where Robinson basically had to fully extend backwards while his momentum was carrying him forward, and that's why Robinson wasn't able to uh, come down with it. Not Andy Dalton's best throw uh, and a routine throw uh, from our beloved uh, Mitch Trubisky. But, uh, you know, the, the, the touchdown, uh, or excuse me, the interception in the end zone, uh, like I said, he was throwing it to no one in particular because when we go back and look at the replay, I can't tell who he's throwing the football to. I can't. It wasn't tipped at the line of scrimmage uh, or anything like that, so it's not like the a defensive lineman or somebody close in the box uh, completely uh, changed the trajectory of the pass. The ball didn't get tipped until it was actually in the end zone, and then it got tipped and floated off to the DB that was sitting in the back uh, of the end zone but even looking at it, it's like I don't there were a couple of receivers in the area neither of which was in a position to make that catch it, you know it just seemed like you know going back and looking at it that both receivers were running away from where the ball was going as opposed to running towards it and you know that's why I say he throws it to no one in particular because when I go back and I look at that play I can't tell who he's throwing it to so it looked like that you know it was another communication on top of the fact that after Justin Fields completes the play, one play and he's out already. Mistake number one. Uh, and then we <laughs> we have a false start. So instead of being at like the four, now we're at the nine or something like that. And then, um, you know, like I said, we have to call a timeout because we don't know what we're doing, which is typical of, of Matt Nagy and, and our offense that just – for some reason, we can't figure out how to line up. We don't have to write personnel out there. Whatever the problem was, we had to call a timeout. And uh, then we we always seem to follow those miscommunication or miscue timeouts with a mistake or a miscue. And sure enough, Dalton throws the interception, ends the drive, and uh, you know, kind of gives us a taste uh, of what we're looking to uh, for the rest of the night. And it just... Um, you know, it's frustrating to see that, uh, you know, 
with a full training camp, OTAs, the whole nine of nine yards, all of which Dalton was present for, we still have these foolish problems. Like we're all just learning from the beginning here. And I don't give a damn what Matt Nagy says about his system needing a few years to be mastered uh, and whatnot. But, you know, it's like he's expecting uh, the offense to be better this year because these most of these players have been in the system for several years now. Allen Robinson, this is year number four uh, for him. David Montgomery, year number three. The offensive linemen have all been around for a couple of years except for Jason Peters. Actually, and I haven't heard yet what's going on with Peters or Larry Borum. Uh, we'll talk more about that in here in a minute. But, you know, it, it just to look so disorganized sometimes. And then for some reason, to not be able to mentally keep it together on the following play, there's always something else that goes wrong after we have these timeouts. I don't get it. Honestly, I just don't understand what the hell the problem is. You know, I really don't. So... That was the frustrating part, and then we come right back. Like I said, we were we were on the cusp, scoring on the opening drive of the season, taking a 7-0 lead on the road against a really good football team. A lot of people think, including me, this team's going to the Super Bowl this year. They're going to be the Buccaneers of 2021 where they're playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium, and we have an opportunity to go up early, 7-0 uh, on these guys, and instead – you know, whatever happened on that play happens and there's an interception and we walk away with nothing, not a field goal, nothing. We walk away empty-handed after putting the Rams on their heels to start the football game. And then, of course, the only thing worse than that is what happened three plays later when a wide-open Van Jefferson catches the football and then, you know, Eddie Jackson is just uh, sadly picking up where he left off uh, in 2020, uh, with the, with just just doing foolish things, you know he he hasn't earned a dime of that contract since he signed it. He just hasn't. 2019 was not a good year. 2020 was even worse, and 2021 is not off to a bang up start. That's for sure. Um, you know when when you when you're supposed to be an all pro player or an all level all pro talent, um, number one, it's going to frustrate the hell out of your fan base when you play the way that you have. And number two, I just, I'm so frustrated with Eddie Jackson. He's supposed to be one of my favorite players on this team. He's supposed to be the future of this franchise. He's only a fourth-year guy, you know, fifth year. This is number five uh, for him. It, it, and, and, and instead, he's probably playing his way out of town the way that he's doing this. You know, like it, there's rumors going around. I read articles and things like that. A lot of them are clickbait, but there's, there's, there's a factual base to them, you know, that 2022 might really be a down year for us because we're going to get rid of a lot of guys and start over. And uh, next year is going to be a dead, ca- dead, uh, dead cap year for us where we're carrying in a lot of dead money for some guys that we got rid of so we could start over fresh in 2023. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through a season like that. We're probably staring down the barrel of one right now if we have many more week ones uh, going on uh, throughout this uh, year. But going into the second quarter, or at least going into halftime, this knee-jerk reaction, there's a little bit more optimism to it because the Bears were able to make it a football game. 
Uh, you know, the Rams were only able to add field goals instead of punching it in on the third play of the game uh, like they did in the first quarter. We score a touchdown uh, at the end uh, of the half. We make it a ball game. It went from being 13 to nothing and us looking flat and, and lifeless to all of a sudden we put one on the end zone. We're only down by six. We've got a ball game going, going into halftime. And really, we were only that one Van Jefferson touchdown away from having the lead or really being in control of the football game. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Rams. And the second quarter did not start well, that's for sure. Uh, we did not look good uh, on offense. It, it was it was like the same thing that's been plaguing like, like me personally uh, with the Bears offense. It's like Montgomery had like 60 yards on four carries, and yet, he kept coming out of the game. We kept putting Damian Williams in there and th- giving him a carry every once in a while and all that kind of stuff. The things that used to make me nuts last year when it came to David Montgomery in the running game, same thing that was going on in the start. I think that Nagy is kind of seeing the light here because Montgomery was the only back on the field on the last drive of the first half with Montgomery grinding out some good yardage and broke Brandon in from about four yards out to make it 13-7. to The Rams had added another field goal. Aside from the one play where Eddie Jackson forgot that he wasn't back in Alabama again and didn't touch the receiver when he was down, the defense has actually been pretty good. The, the, the Rams aren't lighting us up or, or making us pay for every little thing. We're cinching up uh, in the red zone and forcing field goal attempts instead of giving up touchdowns. We're basically one big play, uh, you know, one big uh, broken play from being ahead right now. To being ahead like 7-6 to six, or maybe it's a 9-7 ball game instead of being down 13-7. Uh, to seven. Uh, to the Rams. So, I mean, defense, aside from that one play, I can't really complain. It's the offense that was very, very shaky right up until that last drive. And Dalton looked good. He was completing passes. We were, uh, you know, he even had a nice scramble that got us inside the five-yard line that set up the uh, the run to uh, Montgomery. So maybe, maybe we finally got our rhythm going on that last drive. But, uh, you know, so we're within a score now. It's 13-7. to The Rams start with the ball, though. So we'll have to come out, get a good three and out, see if we can get the offense going. And, um, you know, it it all goes kind of back to the keys to the game from the show. Like, one of them was we need to sustain drives and give our defense a break because the Rams were wearing us out there uh, in the early going. But that drive for the touchdown, getting, you know, ate ate up a nice little section of the clock, Got some first downs, finished it off with a touchdown, gave our defense a breather because they've been playing well. Uh, you know, if we, aside, like I said, aside from that one play, I like what we're seeing from the defense. They are keeping this explosive Rams offense under control. Hopefully, that carries over into the second half. Hopefully, our offense can pick up where the last drive left off. We just keep going uh, and, and uh, you know, move the chains, keep the clock rolling, give our defense a break. So we've got the gas to play with the Rams in the fourth quarter. So attitude's a little bit better. Outlook's a little bit better. We're down by a score, but we're at least we've got a ball game now. So like I said, the outcome is better. My attitude uh, was better because we've got a football game now. It didn't look like uh, we were going to get rolled in our own, uh, you know, well, not in our own. We were definitely, we're not at home, but rolled, uh, you know, in the season 
uh, opener. I didn't want to see happen to us what had happened to Green Bay uh, against the uh, the Saints. They got blasted thirty eight to to three uh, against the uh, against the Saints, and and uh, you know Jameis Winston looks like the second coming uh, out there after throwing five touchdown passes uh, against them. But you know what I was saying was true. You take away that one big play, and the defense was actually playing well. The, the Rams were very one-dimensional uh, in the first half. If they didn't move the ball through, with the, you know, through the passing game, they could not run it on us. And you, you'll hear me mention, I think, uh, going into the fourth quarter, the Rams had less than 20 yards rushing uh, in, in, the, uh, in the ball game. So it was all it was all up to Stafford and company to move the ball through the air because the the running game, um, you know, was was stifling. They we weren't giving up anything there. Uh, Roquan is uh, a beast once again, running all over the place. He led the team in tackles uh, again. I think he had eleven or twelve uh, on the game. Akeem Hicks was doing things. You know, Robert Quinn uh, got half a sack. You know, so it didn't take him. Uh, you know, he, he's at least on the board. Can't say that for Khalil Mack, though. But, uh, you know, he, he um, you know, got half a sack. Him and Akeem Hicks teamed up uh, for one. So, you know, it, it was uh, it was looking better. Like, we settled down. We didn't let anything big happen uh, there in the uh, in the second quarter. And we cut the deficit down. We put a we put a good drive together of our own. Like I said, Andy Dalton was efficient, moving the chains, made a really nice throw to Jimmy Graham uh, to get us down inside. I believe the ten yard line or, or close to the red zone, actually, because I think his his scramble followed after that. But a really nice throw uh, to Jimmy Graham. I mean, you could see it coming a mile away. That's for all of his faults and and for him not being the weapon that he was in his days of. Uh, of New Orleans or Seattle, uh, Jimmy Graham is still a valuable asset on the offense because you you line him up one on one. He was going up against Jalen Ramsey, possibly the best corner in all of football. He went one on one with Ramsey, and Ramsey couldn't stop him. When you're six seven and you weigh two sixty, any corner in the league is tiny uh, with you. And a jump ball situation, all Graham has to do is just make sure he gets his hands on the ball. And he caught it. And it was a third down play. We converted. The very next play, I believe, is the one where, where Andy scrambled for the uh, first down. And then a player or two later, Montgomery breaks a tackle from Aaron Donald and squirrels his way into the end zone to make it a one-score game going into the half. So a lot of things were changing. The optimism was up at halftime. But sadly, <laughs> sadly, it took all of 90 seconds into the third quarter. So when I was saying like, oh, yeah, let's come out, we'll get a good stop, we'll put the ball back in our offense's hands and see if we can't, uh, you know, you know, shrink that deficit, get another, get a field goal on the board or, or actually put a touchdown on the board, see if we can't be winning this thing uh, at the end of the third quarter. Now, took us 90 seconds. We have another meltdown in the secondary, and it goes from being a 13-7 uh, game where we're uh, you know we're we're one score in this thing and uh, you know where we can take back the momentum at any time to all of a sudden the momentum was snatched away and uh, we were fighting uphill the rest of the night. <coughs> Knee jerk reaction: third quarter, Bears, Rams, and uh, it, it was a one step forward, two steps back kind of quarter. I mean, it just we it ninety seconds into the third quarter. We have another blown coverage, only this time we just got smoked. 
Uh, it wasn't that uh, we all ran past Cooper Cup and he got up and ran it in for a touchdown. It was like watching the Chris Conti play on fourth and eight against the Packers back in 2013, leaving uh, you know Randall Cobb or whatever wide open down the middle of the field for a, a gimme touchdown. It was like a, a 56-yard touchdown pass 90 seconds in to the third quarter. So where we thought we had ourselves a ball game, we're only down 13-7 at halftime, it took 90 seconds for the Rams to make it 20-7. The Bears then went on a nine-minute drive, moving down the field, moving the chains, getting first downs, giving the defense, you know, a, a breather, you know, like I said, giving them the breath to be able to you know, now that we're entering the fourth quarter, be able to compete with the Rams. And uh, finished off the drive, Justin Fields was coming in for a snap here, a snap there. Comes in from about four yards out, uh, does the uh, the run option. The run was well, not so much a run, uh, run pass option, but, you know, uh, the option. I forget what the hell it's called. The option play with the quarterback, Justin Fields runs it in from about three, four yards out to make it, uh, 20 to 14 and then the Rams again they didn't bl- burn us for a big touchdown but they did smoke us again for a big pass play that got them deep into our territory they you know take it in from there it's 27 to 14 so for every one good thing that we do the Rams seem to do two good things and that's what the uh, disconnect is uh, in the game right now so uh, we need to stop the Rams on their next offensive drive, and we need to answer uh, this touch. Uh, we have the football now. We need to put this thing in the end zone. And, uh, you know, right now I think Sean Desai is doing a terrible job because I've never seen the Bears get gashed like this uh, on big pass plays. I mean, I know we've seen Aaron Rodgers do things from here and there, but, you know, it's it's been an epidemic tonight of these big, like, blown coverages and the Bears getting calm with their pants down. Fourth quarter, we got 15 minutes to, to get it right. <laughs> you know, the ironic thing of what happened on Sunday night was that um, the, the big catalyst for these plays that were taking place, these plays that were gashing us, that were killing us, that were really, really hurting us, um, were pretty much the fault of the safeties. And Sean Desai is our former safeties coach before he took over at defensive coordinator. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing in reflection of Sean Desai. I mean, I know it's not exactly a great, uh, a great, uh, you know, uh, tell of, of his uh, prowess as a defensive coordinator. If, if, if his safeties and his nickelback are so out of play, we're getting smoked for, touchdowns that are so easy the receiver can fall down and get up and then you know have the time to get up and walk in uh to the end zone uh and whatnot but uh it's not a good look that's for sure that uh, our safeties coach becomes defensive coordinator and the safeties are the worst players on the field in in defense uh you know on on the first game uh, of the season and granted it's the first game of the season it was his first real game as a play caller, which then goes back to my, my you know, uh, frustration over the preseason. And 
I get where these coaches are coming from, wanting to protect these guys that, you know, we're paying these players a lot of money and you, you want to be sure that your $15 million safety is on the field when it counts uh, and everything like that. But it's just, you know, we're not the Chiefs. We're not the Buccaneers. We're not one of you know, we're not the Bills. We're not one of these top level teams in the in the in the in the in the NFL that uh, you know has the talent and the you know the knowledge and you know the coaching and everything to be able to just show up week one and play football or that the practice field is all the all the reps that we need to be ready for the season. The Bears are a football team that needs to use the preseason for what it's for. And that is to prepare yourselves for the regular season. Our rookie defensive coordinator really could have benefited from having the starting defense out there, the whole starting defense, not Khalil Mack and this one guy and these other dudes, you know, and all that kind of stuff. All of them, all 11 starters on the field playing a quarter or a half in the preseason so that he could get some play calls and and watch his defense work in a real game situation before the actual season started. Same thing with our, with our offense and Andy Dalton only getting reps with the four fives and sixes during the preseason. And then we're going into week one with literally nobody that he spent throwing passes to uh, in game situations going into week one. Uh, you know, because all the people he was throwing passes to on Sunday, he didn't throw a pass to Allen Robinson or Darnum. Well, he did throw one pass to Darnum Mooney that I know of uh, in the preseason, but nothing to Marquise Goodwin, nothing to, um, you know, Cole Komet or anything. It just it it was not existent in the preseason. And, you know, when you're a, a middle of the road or upper middle of the road football team, you got to take every advantage you have to get better, and Matt Nagy didn't do that. And we're suffering the consequences, quite frankly. But, um, you know, it, it just it was a frustrating third quarter uh, to watch because, like I said, for every good thing that we did, the Rams seemed to pile on two other things. But when you're the Rams and we're the Bears and the Rams are who we think they are as far as being the class of the NFC and quite possibly winning the whole thing this year, they did what they were supposed to do. We made the mistakes, they made us pay dearly for them. That's what you're supposed to do when you're playing a quote-unquote inferior opponent. Anytime that they make a mistake, you got to pounce and make them pay for it. And the Rams were the better team going in on paper, uh, at least, and that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, We did not take advantage of, of mistakes. Hell, the Rams didn't really make any mistakes. Aside from being lousy in the running game for the first three quarters of the football game, they pretty much did whatever they wanted to do or what they needed to do, I should say, to, uh, to be successful uh, on Sunday. And when we made a mistake, boy, did they make us pay dearly for it. That one to Cooper Cup was a bad look. I mean, it, it, like I said, it, did you puke in your mouth in a little bit when I mentioned the Chris Conti play? on uh, on 4th and 8th from 2013 because that's basically what it looked like. Cooper Cup just ran by everybody, and he was so wide open, you know, Matt Stafford nearly shit himself, you know, like, oh, God, you know. It's like maybe so excited he overthrows him by 10 yards. He can't believe how easy it's supposed to be, Uh, you know. But instead, he, he makes a perfect throw. Cooper comes down with it in stride, waltzes into the end zone. And like I said, it went from being a 13-7 ball game to now we're down 20-7 and we're back to climbing uphill uh, again. I mean, we, we answered. 
nine-minute drive, you know, capped off by our rookie quarterback running it in. And read option was the <laughs> – that is the phrase that I was looking for. I just – I was sitting there trying to talk my way into uh, what it was I was trying to say. Read option is the uh, – <laughs> that is what we were trying to do, where the quarterback reads how the defense is responding before he decides who's getting the football. He decided to keep it himself. He runs in for his first NFL touchdown. And cuts the lead back down to six. But then again, like I said, it wasn't a big touchdown play, but it was more like a like make Montgomery and his 40-yard run to start the game. But instead, for them, it was the catalyst that led to another score as opposed to us being an impact play that looks pretty on the stat sheet but didn't affect it anywhere else. Uh, it was a play to, I think it was Higby, the tight end, and he was so wide. He was coming across the field. He was so wide open and, you know, made a catch. And it was like a 40-yard reception that changed the field. You know, the Rams were on our side uh, of the – or on their side of the 50. And the next thing you know, they're deep in Chicago territory. And a few plays later, it's a 27-14 uh, to 14 ball game, And that was pretty much the end of it because in the fourth quarter – uh, we, you know, we abandoned the running game because we pretty much have to, uh, at this point, we're down two scores, uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, the Rams, then when they got the football, all of a sudden figured out how to run it and it was pretty much over, uh, from there. So, but the third quarter, that was the quarter that, uh, that really kind of killed it, uh, for the bears. I mean, we, we answered the touchdown when the Rams came out and scored three plays into the, into the second half, but, uh. It wasn't enough. Uh, defense couldn't answer them in the second half, and uh, they kind of walked away with the ball game. So, I mean, like I said, fourth quarter, we we avoided the big plays. They didn't kill us. In fact, it was worse. They methodically ran their way. You know, they started running the football. They were they were the ones eating up clock, and they were the ones that closed us out. <coughs> Knee jerk reaction: fourth quarter, Bears and Rams as they. Uh, as the clock is slowly ticking down to zero. Uh, 34 to 14 is the final. Uh, it just, it all fell apart in the second half. It really did. Like I said, it took all of 90 seconds for it to be a one score game. And then we were off to the races to it being a blowout uh, after that. I mean, it's, even though the Bears responded uh, to the big play with a touchdown drive of their own, ate up nine minutes. Uh, of clock it took like five plays for the Rams to go back down and put it back into the end zone uh, again you know it just uh, they started and then in the fourth quarter they started carving us up on the ground you know it like going into the fourth quarter the Rams had like nine carries for 17 yards or something like that and then in the fourth quarter they just they started gashing us uh, on the ground it, it was uh demoralizing to watch and then for just for fun I guess or I don't know what the hell was going on but it just looked like we 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 kept running the offense like we had three quarters to catch up we kept throwing these those little two-yard dump offs and things like that when we're down three scores with three minutes to go It's, it's like Nagy was giving up we're just going out there to run out the clock as opposed to actually trying to make some kind of effort to uh, you know, to win the ball game. It's like I know that it's out of reach at this point, man. But you, you just, just, it was aggravating to watch. You know, it at halftime, it just felt like, you know, if uh, if not for a couple of uh, mistakes, we're winning this game 
Where, you know, like, and for the majority of like the third quarter, and I felt the same way. If not for those two blown coverages, we're winning this game. We're outplaying the Rams. And then in the, in the fourth quarter, there was just the Rams outclassed us in the fourth quarter. We couldn't stop the run. We're getting gashed there. Uh, you know, we were, they were 0 for, th- 0 for third down conversions in the first half. They were starting to g- get those third downs and, and extend drives and, uh, and things like that. So it was like, they just, uh, we just got beat in the second half. You know, we were, we we're making a game of it in the first half. We should have been ahead, uh, at halftime and, and things like that. And it just, uh, it all fell apart in the second half, mostly in the uh, – even though most of the damage was done in the third quarter, it was the, the fourth quarter that really sealed the fate. That's where the Rams just owned uh, the fourth quarter, you know, probably got caught up on quite a bit in time of possession uh, at that point, really wore the Bears down and uh, put in one final score there at the end. So it's 34-14. to 14. Now we get ready to come home to take on the Bengals, who – uh, contributed to the to the entire NFC North starting the season 0 for 1, so we're still tied for first place in the division. You know, God bless, uh, thank God for small miracles, I guess. Not a good day all around for the NFC North, uh, especially not for our beloved, uh, who looked like early on they were a few mistakes short of being the, the first team in the division to come away with a victory, and instead... Um, it was as bad as we kind of thought it would be. Like, cause like I said, I think the Rams are, are the best are one of the best, if not the best team in the NFC right now. And I don't think the bears are on their level just yet. And it was the, like pretty much like from the second half of the third quarter on is when that we started to see that because the bears were hanging in there. They were playing the Rams tough. If not for a couple of uh, stupid mistakes, you know, we were probably winning this game. Uh, and instead, at the end, the 34-14 to 14 final score is uh, apropos of what we saw out on the field today. So, home opener next week. Andy Dalton against his old squad. Maybe a sprinkling of Justin, Justin Fields from here and, here and there. But uh, got to get a win next week. Because if we don't win next week, we're staring at 0-3 going into Cleveland because uh, uh, that's a damn good football team in Cleveland. And uh, if we don't get past the Bengals, we're looking at 0-3. And it could get real ugly after that. So uh, the Bears lose 34-14, to fall to 0-1 to start the year. Now we move on to Cincy in Week 2, see if we can turn this thing around. <coughs> it's a 6-1 in one hand, half a dozen in the other type situation. Because with every loss that we suffer, we are one step closer to Justin Fields becoming the full-time starter. Uh, I believe that, but I don't want to watch my team lose football games over it week in uh, and, and week out. You know, we, I expected us to lose this one. I expect us to win on Sunday, despite how tough the, the, the Bengals looked uh, week one. You know, unfortunately, we get to find up up close and personal. If, uh, if week one was a fluke for Cincinnati, they were at home uh, and everything they played a, a defense that wasn't very good last year that looked to be continuing that trend again here in 2021 in the Vikings um, you know was it the the you know were they just picking up from where they left off with Joe Burrow before he got hurt last year 
or was it the Vikings not being a very good defense again this year? Was it both or was it neither? Was it just one of those fluky week one victories that you don't see coming? I was kind of hoping that the Bears uh, might be able to pull one of those off, but uh, then then Sunday Sunday night took place and kind of shot all those dreams straight to hell. Um, you know, it's it's uh, and it's not going to be good. Uh, the the Browns went into Kansas City and really had their foot on Kansas City's throat for the first well for the first half for sure they were winning twenty two to ten uh, at halftime and then in the third quarter Mahomes and company those halftime adjustments man can really be make the difference in a football game uh, came back and made it interesting uh, the 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 Browns still had a twenty nine to twenty seven lead and then they had the play that they could not afford they absolutely could not afford it. The, the punter drops the snap and, uh, you know, in the chaos of him uh, trying to, you know, get the playoff while the while the rush was beating down on him, he ends up getting sacked for the loss. And, uh, you know, instead of trying to flip the field, the field was flipped on them. And a few plays later, the Chiefs took the lead and ended up being the game-winning uh, touchdown there. So, again, it was one of those where the Browns are a very good football team, but they made a mistake. And the Chiefs, you know, being the class of the AFC and, in, you know, probably in the NFL as well, uh, pounced on that mistake, made the Browns pay for it, and used that mistake to win the football game. And that's pretty much what we watched the Rams do to us with our, with our you know, secondary meltdowns uh, on Sunday. You know, we lost 34-14, to 14, but as far as the game was concerned, the Rams were not 20 points better than us. You know, it's just that... They made us pay dearly for the mistakes that we made. Those two huge touchdowns uh, there. And I mean, and it, it just, I mean, those back to back mistakes. Dalton's interception compounded by the Van Jefferson touchdown. That's a 14 point swing right there. That goes, that's from us being up 7 0 to us being down 7 0 and digging or trying to dig ourselves out of a hole we couldn't get out of the entire evening. So. You know, like I said, through the first two and a half quarters, you know, because we answered the 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 Rams had the, the quick strike touchdown to start the second half. We came down, taking up nearly two thirds uh, of the of what was left of the third quarter to to make it a twenty to fourteen ball game, and then they come right back that huge play to Higby that got them deep into our territory to put another touchdown on the board before the end of the third quarter, and that was pretty much it. You know, it's we were going to be that team that needed 14 plays and nine minutes to score a touchdown when they needed, you know, five plays and two minutes and 30 seconds to put a touchdown on the board. And when you're playing in a football game like that, you're you're just not going to be able to come away with the win when they have the quick strike ability to score from anywhere on the field, but you're the one that needs to methodically work your way down the ball and score from inside the five to have success. You, you, you know, you're in for a long night if you can't keep doing that, because that's hard to sustain. If you can score from anywhere on the field, that's easy. You know, you can score from here, score from there, 50 yards, 30 yards, 20 yards, 90 yards, whatever. But when you're in that team that needs to actually be close to the goal line to score touchdowns, um, you know, you're going to fall behind early. And that's what happened to us. You know, they, they turned that six point deficit into a 14 point lead by the end of the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, we had no answers. So, uh, you know, and the thing about the with us running still like running the offense there in the fourth quarter, uh, I it was it looks 
It was the Bears kind of responding to a lesson they should have learned last year when we were playing the Rams because we were kind of running the offense uh, last night that we should have been running during the Monday night game last year. Because last year, if you remember, we had Cement Shoes Foles uh, dropping back and making seven-step drops against that pass rush that was constantly up his ass uh, all night long and made Leonard Floyd look like an all-pro pass rusher, uh, you know, because... (laughs) But instead, we were getting the ball out quick. Andy Dalton attempted, I think, two passes, two air passes that went over 10 yards. Like, I mean, he, he didn't throw the ball downfield more than 10 yards twice in the entire game. And one of them was that fourth and 15 that pisses everybody off. Like, why are we going for it on fourth and 15? <laughs> we're only down 10. It's, you know, we've got like 11 minutes left in the in the fourth quarter kick the field goal or punt and drive, you know, let's play field position uh, kind of thing. No, we're going to go for it on fourth and 15, which to me was uh, Matt Nagy showing his opinion of what he thinks uh, his defense's ability to actually stop Stafford from making it worse uh, was. And so he'd rather take the chance to hang on to the football and try to keep it out of Stafford's hands than, uh, you know, punt the ball back to him and, and give him the ball on purpose. So, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a good look, and and you know the the quick strike thing, the short quick passes to uh, to kind of counteract the the pass rush uh, of the Rams and Aaron Donald and uh, and all that kind of stuff was good. Uh, you know, it was a good strategy. But when you're down three scores in three minutes to go, if you're not trying to win the football game, just run the ball, just run it. You know, because when you when because if you you're down with a deficit, you're giving and you're passing the ball you're giving off the impression that you're still trying to win the game or you're trying to get yourself in a position to win the game. But then you turn around and, and throw them basically laterals out into the flat and then leaving it up to your, you know, your running backs and your receivers to do the work from there instead of trying to throw the ball downfield in, in a situation where you have to. It's like, I know the pass rush is coming, but we've got to get chunks of the – we've got to get chunks of – field here to be able to get into the end zone we got to try to produce a big play here and instead you're thinking that you know we number one we haven't blocked a a wide receiver screen the entire time Matt Nagy has been our head coach and you know we're basically trying to run those plays get our receiver out into the flat and then have him have some kind of explosive play where he gets it all back uh, in one play it just wasn't going to happen you know, and it didn't happen, and and it it just wasn't a good look. We're sitting there running these two yard dump offs when we're down three scores with three minutes to go in the game. It's like, what are we doing? Are we trying to win the game, or you know, are we trying to pull off a miracle here? Or are we just running out the clock? If we're running out the clock, put Damien Williams in there, put Khalil Herbert in there. I don't give a damn. Run the football, let the clock tick down. Let's go home and start over. See if we can't uh, get back to five hundred uh, with the Bengals. Uh, next Sunday. Don't give me the impression you're trying to win the game, but, but also sticking to the game plan at the same time. It, it just it looked very bad. It didn't look good uh, at all. And I know that coaches aren't in this for appearances, but if it looks bad, it looks bad. It's going to piss off your fan base, and it did that entirely uh, on Sunday night. Not a whole lot that uh, Nagy and company did on Sunday night went over well. Um, Five snaps from Justin Fields. He would have been out there more had we not been down by so much, according to Nagy, after the game. Uh, And like I said, I'm sticking to my guns. I know the kid scored a touchdown. I don't want him out there, period, unless he's our starting quarterback. You know, I don't because it's the preseason all over again. 
It's we see, you know, Andy Dalton struggle to do this, struggle to do that, and then Justin Fields comes out and he makes it look easy, but then we yank him off the field and put him back on the bench. It's also David Montgomery all over again. Stop taking Montgomery out of the game. Leave him in there. You know, leave him in there. I know Damian Williams is a good weapon. I'm happy to have him on our football team, but it's like Nagy has no sense whatsoever for sticking with the guy who's got a hot hand. Montgomery in the first quarter was averaging 19 yards a carry, but he only had three carries in the first quarter. He had seven more in the second quarter. He had 80 yards rushing at halftime. And then thanks to the deficit that of which we fell behind, he only carried the ball, you know, six or seven more times uh, in the football game, still broke a hundred yards uh, for the game. And he'd actually did that by middle in the third quarter, but by then we're down two scores. We got to throw the football to find our way back into this thing. And the other thing that pissed me off one pass, one catch on one target to Montgomery coming out of the backfield. And I said this on the bear bear down show yesterday, David Montgomery is the best player that we have on offense. It's not Allen Robinson. And it hasn't been since like week 12 uh, of last year. Ever since whatever flip, whatever switch got flipped in Montgomery, whether it was the offensive line finally having a, you know, a cohesive unit that could block well for him or, or whatever it was. But ever since that Packers game, when we came off the bye, Montgomery has been the best player that we have on offense. Allen Robinson is, is a either 1A or number 2, however you want to talk, do it. But the best player that we have on offense, the guy that the offense should be running through is David Montgomery. He should be the guy that we're throwing it to out into the flat, give him, get him out into open space, and let him uh, work his way up there. Don't bring in Damian Williams for that. Leave Montgomery out there. Throw the ball to him out of the backfield. Let him do what he does, man. He's he broke Aaron Donald's tackle. I mean, he he actually got stuffed in the backfield by a very large defensive tackle, shook it off, ended up turning a like three yard loss into a four yard gain and things like that. You know, I don't want the Bears to stop using Allen Robinson. I don't want him to not be our primary receiver on passing plays. But I off the offense should be going through David Montgomery running the ball, starting to him, and, you know, using the play action to benefit Mooney and Robinson and Komet and uh, Goodwin and Bird and, and all those guys. You know, the, uh, you know we, we, we start running the play action and using that more. That's going to help with the pass rush because they're going to have to sit back on their heels to see, are we running the ball or is this just a play action fake? You know, that's going to give in the NFL that half second of hesitation from the defense is all you need to be able to get your receiver open downfield. And, you know, I don't know how it is that the fat guy on the couch like me can seem to see that, but Matt Nagy can't because his scheme is brilliant. We just need to execute it more. Uh, we just need to execute it better. So, or at least I'm, I'm sure that's the hill that Nagy's going to die on. So, and honestly, if he keeps uh, wanting to, uh, go with that. I hope that he dies at the end of the season and he gets to go be somebody else's quarterback coach or offensive coordinator in 2022. And we move on with a guy who's willing to adjust to what's happening in the game as opposed to sticking to his guns and waiting for the game to come to him. It just, it's just not going to work. So anyway, guys, that's going to do it for week number one. The week number one review is in the books. We now move on to Cincinnati and week number two. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with the um, 
the first of the preview episodes, we'll have our guest, Kyle Phelps, from the Battle of Ohio podcast, will be joining us to help preview Bears Bengals uh, for week number two. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll hit the ground running from there. We'll have the deep dive preview on Friday to get you ready for Sunday. And I'm ecstatic the Bears are playing at noon uh, on Sunday. I don't have to wait until Sunday night because, uh, well, for number one, I, I hate Carrie Underwood's version of the waiting all day for Sunday nights. I hate it. I always have. You know who the first person to sing that song was? Pink. And not only is she way hotter than uh, Carrie Underwood, uh, she also has a, a better voice and is a better uh, performer. And uh, she kind of kicked ass. At, I loved the intro, like the first year or so where Pink did it. I would like for us to go back to that because, number one, she's, I think, Pink is sexy as hell. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's better. I, I, for, I, I've never liked Carrie Underwood as the singer of the Sunday Night Football song. I hate it, actually. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> nice little tangent for you guys there. But we're playing at noon, so none of that Sunday night nonsense will be noon on Fox at home against the Bengals on Sunday. So come back on Thursday. Myself and Kyle Phelps will get you ready, uh, you know, with some in-depth knowledge uh, of the Bengals and uh, talk about that week one victory over the Vikings, which I had a chance uh, to watch. And uh, we'll see if uh, was was it a week one fluke or are the Bengals just picking up where they left off before Burrow got hurt? Were the Vikings still garbage from 2020 uh, on defense? Was it all of the above or was it just one of those week one crazy things that you see from time to time and one game does not a season make? We'll answer those questions for you on Thursday. And until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.